0: Hey everyone, this is Karen, and you're listening to the Raising Tiny Disciples podcast, where parents receive encouragement in their daily journey to disciple their kids to be followers of Jesus. Discipleship isn't a program, it's a lifestyle. Now let's do this. Hey there, welcome back. This is day two of the Never Alone Parenting in the Power of the Holy Spirit Uh, Bible study, day two's title is He Makes His Home in Us. So she says, you know how it feels when you're falling in love? You can't get enough of that person. You become completely preoccupied with them and want to spend as much time as you can in the presence. That can be true when falling in love in the early stage of a relationship. But it can be equally as true in seasons when you fall in love all over again with your spouse. All right, she starts describing, um, you know, falling in love with her husband, Mike, and in those early days and everything of them getting to know each other. And she says, getting to know the Holy Spirit has felt a lot like those early days with Mike. The more I've gotten to know the Holy Spirit, the more I've wanted to know of him. The more I've opened myself up to him, the more trustworthy I found him to be. The Holy Spirit is so lovable and likable. Okay, and she goes back and she references um, John 14, verses 15 through 17 again, which we read previously in day one. Um, I think she's going to just kind of keep revisiting this verse, but um, she gives a lot of emphasis to verse 16. Today, which says, and I will ask the father and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. So some translations say, you know, another helper. um, And different, they use different um, words, but I'm reading out the new living translation and it says advocate. The Holy Spirit is the power and presence of Christ. He shares the same essence as Jesus, and yet he is his own divine person who serves a distinct purpose in a believer's life. He continues what Jesus started. The Holy Spirit is the Spirit of Christ. So where the Spirit is, Jesus is. So we know that the Holy Spirit is a comforter, an advocate, an intercessor, a counselor, a strengthener, and a standby in your current season of parenting which one of these titles of god the spirit brings the most relief and encouragement to you and why so i would say for me it depends on honestly the day what the day looks like um you know what i'm having to walk through that day as a parent which child i am dealing with that day um because in this the season that I am right now, I have a preteen. I have a ten year old, and it's a whole new ball game. I am I am learning how to parent. You know, a tween, a, a preteen, whatever you want to call them. You know, they're they're getting out of that child stage, but they're not yet into the teen stage yet. And it's it's, it's really kind of a difficult time in my parenting. And so, a lot of days. I need a comforter (laughs) I need the spirit to comfort me because I feel like a lot of times I feel like I'm losing Um, you know I need him to counsel me (laughs) I need him to walk me through it Um, you know I need him to give me strength you know as I parent um, you know all of these things and and honestly throughout the day I may need a different new version of the Holy Spirit depends, you know, moment by moment, you know, how parenting is and, and how quickly it can change from moment to moment. So the second thing she really wants us to notice is from verse 17, it says, you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. So what two ways did John say the spirit would commune with the disciples? Right? The operations of the Holy Spirit among humanity throughout human history may be defined by three words, upon, with, and in. You know, in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit came upon selected people and remained for a season. And in the Gospels, we see that he is represented as dwelling with the disciples in the person of Jesus Christ. But from the second chapter of Acts onward, he is spoken of as being in the people of God. So the Holy Spirit isn't just beside you for companionship when you feel hopeless and overwhelmed. He isn't just in front of you to guide you as you lead your children. And he isn't just behind you to spur you on when you grow weary and want to give up. God has put his spirit inside you. So living in the people of God as Jesus told the disciples he would do was an entirely new phenomenon because prior to Pentecost the Holy Spirit primarily resided upon or with people right we've kind of just been really um revisiting that over and over right Jesus referred to the words of John just before his ascension affirming to the disciples that they would soon receive his baptism. Uh, The promise was then fulfilled on the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit came upon the 120 disciples in the upper room and tongues of fire rested on each of them. Right To demonstrate publicly that he had given the Spirit, God miraculously enabled the 120 to speak in the foreign languages of the pilgrims present in Jerusalem that day. Now Jesus was promising something so much greater. He said that though the disciples already knew the Holy Spirit because he was with them, now he would live in them. And the Spirit's indwelling presence would not be earned through each disciple's moral behavior, right theology, or good works. It would be God's gift of grace bringing about radical change within their lives. Okay, Jesus knew the Holy Spirit would indwell or ordinary people to transform them with His extraordinary power. Okay, now she has taken us to the book of Galatians, chapter 3, and I'm going to read verses 13 through 14. But Christ has rescued us from the curse pronounced by the law when He was hung on the cross. He took upon Himself the curse for our wrongdoing. For it is written in the Scriptures, "Curses everyone... Who has hung on a tree through Christ Jesus God has blessed the Gentiles with the same blessing he promised to Abraham so that we who are believers might receive the promised Holy Spirit through faith. So based on this passage how do we how do we receive the promised Holy Spirit through faith? Right faith in Jesus is the only prerequisite to receiving God's spirit. When we put our faith in Christ, God's spirit abides within us. The Holy Spirit is freely given to those who repent and believe in Jesus. Now, let me just stop right there um, because uh, we see that before Jesus died and uh, was raised again, when he was hanging on the cross, we see that the thief showed belief in Jesus, right? He said, remember me today um and when you enter um i'm not sure exactly what the words he said but you know he said remember me and um jesus said surely today you will be with me in paradise and and never says that you know he asked jesus for forgiveness or anything like that it just showed that he believed in him um and i think That's maybe because, you know, his time was up. This thief was about to die. So he didn't have time to um, live out a life full of repentance and walking away from sin like his time was up right there, you know. But for us who are still alive and we're still going about, you know, our daily lives, we have to live out a life of repentance and um, she goes on to say, after the Spirit indwelt the disciples at Pentecost, they began to preach with boldness in the power of the Holy Spirit. And so now we're going to go to the book of Acts. Um, and we're going to be in chapter two. Acts is one of my favorite books of the Bible. It really changed my perspective of who God is and who the Holy Spirit is. And really began to open my eyes, um, on the person of the Holy Spirit and how much I really needed a relationship with the Holy Spirit. So I'm going to read, um, Acts chapter two, verses 38 through 39. It says, Peter replied, each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the, for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the spirit, the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise is to you, to your children, and to those far away, all who have been called by the Lord our God. So Peter didn't say might. He said will. He said you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And here's the thing. Each believer is given the gift of the Holy Spirit, but not every believer enjoys the gift. So like, you know, have you ever, you know, had a gift under the tree at Christmas, right? You have some choices, right? You can you can read the tag and see it's for you. You can unwrap the gift and you can enjoy it entirely. You can tear the paper and take a peek, but leave it wrapped because it's not what you expected or hoped for. Or you can leave the package under the tree untouched because you didn't read the tag and nobody told you it was for you. Right. This is kind of how I felt kind of my whole walk, Um, you know, up to two years ago. No one ever told me that I would receive the gift of the Holy Spirit and that I could have companionship with the Holy Spirit. Right. So for me, it was like that present was just left under the tree, never to be touched. She says, what have you done with the gift of the Holy Spirit? Has it looked more like the first, second, or third option? Right, and I just kind of answered that for myself. But now, now I feel like I have fully unwrapped that gift, and I'm just starting to enjoy that gift. Okay, so when you believe in the finished work of Christ, his life, death, and resurrection on your behalf, the Holy Spirit takes up residence in your spirit. The Spirit's indwelling present unites you to the Son so that in Him you receive the life and love of the Father. There is absolutely nothing ordinary or insignificant about you because as a Christian, you are home to the Holy Spirit. He lives in you and your inner being and works on your behalf. Right? I'm pretty sure we too often neglect to notice all He does and wants to do in our hearts and in our homes. And I don't want us to miss it anymore. So if you're writing, if you're writing in a journal, you can write a prayer of gratitude to God, or you can just say one, right? Write a gratitude or say a prayer to God for choosing to take a residence inside you and for making all that is his yours. So just take a moment and thank God for that. So how does this empower your parenting? What difference does it make to us as mothers? She says a lot. See, I think most of us struggle with feeling insignificant and ordinary because culture is quick to devalue the hard and holy work of motherhood. So we load up our plates to prove. That we are capable of doing more than just raising small humans to be kind, courageous, God-fearing adults. And we feel guilty saying, this is already a lot. I can barely do this well. But we as Christians know better, right? Or maybe we don't. Maybe we have felt the pressure to prove our value outside of being valued by God. Maybe we've lost sight of the truth that our highest calling is loving Jesus and making his love known. And yes, that work of making his love known begins inside our homes. But let's not miss this. Before God's love can be made known in our homes, it has to be made real in our hearts. Okay, ladies, I am going to read this again because it is so significant and we need to get this. Before God's love can be made known in our homes, it has to be made real in our hearts. Okay, can I just say, wow, (laughs) like if that doesn't hit you like a ton of bricks, like I don't know what will. So, when have you struggled with believing the work you do as a mother matters? Maybe you know the big things matter. But have you felt unseen in the daily routine of cleaning the dirty dishes, driving the carpools, and disciplining the disobedience? I know that I do. I feel I feel a lot of days that like what I'm doing is just pointless and worthless and mundane. Um, but you know, I try to remind myself of the scripture that says, "Do everything as you're doing it unto the Lord." So that when I'm doing those daily tasks of motherhood and keeping up the home, that, you know, I try to remind myself, okay, this seems ordinary. This seems very mundane. um, This seems very trivial, but it matters to God. And when we do it to the best of our ability, as if we're doing it to Christ, it, it actually matters more than we think. So what comfort or confidence do you gain in knowing you are the home of God's spirit in that work? Is your countenance lifted? Knowing your worth isn't defined by that work. Why or why not? So I can't think of anything more meaningful God could have done to prove how precious and extraordinary you are to him. than for his very spirit to take up residence inside of you, you are indwelt by God, mama. Your value is in knowing how valuable you are to him, proven by his son's death on the cross and his spirit freely placed in your heart. You are home to the Holy Spirit. And that is the end of day two. I hope that you feel blessed by this session. I hope that you have some things to meditate on and think about as you begin to parent in the power of the Holy Spirit. Thanks for listening to the Raising Tiny Disciples podcast. Keep tuning in each week to get encouragement to confidently disciple your kids in everyday life.